Well, this morning, um, even though it's December, I haven't started. Usually I start the first Sunday of December and run with my uh, different Christmas themes and so on. But I was still thinking about Thanksgiving and um, how important it is that we, mu- we have or that we be grateful. And, you know, whenever, if you've ever run across somebody who's ungrateful, <laughs> you know, you do something for them and it's just like, there's no response. It's almost like, well, I expected you to do that because you just need to serve me. <laughs> and, uh, but gratefulness is uh, more than just, um, well, it's, it's a lot of different things. I was thinking in the aspect, how many times a day do you say thank you? You know, how many, day, how many times a day do you say thank you? Saying thank you to people, people who maybe open the door, hold the door for you. How many times a day do we say thank you to God? You know, and his sovereignty. God, you do all things well, and, you know, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So what we're doing in being grateful or being thankful, that we are trusting God with our everyday situations. Now, if we make wrong decisions, and we make wrong choices, and we recognize that we've said or done something that is breaking one of God's commandments, you know, swearing or cursing or putting somebody down, belittling, you know, degrading, those types of things, well, then we need to back up a little bit and say, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't think, I don't need to think that way. Uh, I don't, you don't use the word, I don't think you you shouldn't do that. Well, it's either yes or no. I should or should not. Though the idea is that in my thinking, is it the right thoughts? Are they correct thoughts? Are they thoughts that honor God or are they thoughts that will promote our own emotional wellness? Sometimes in the um, television and the news, it's like I wonder how these people can even begin to have a good day because they are so wound up in their anger and their resentment and their bitterness. And, you know, and then, of course, then there's, you know, the, I don't watch them, but I used to run into them during the daytime um, soap operas, you know, as the t- stomach turns, you know, those types of programs that uh, just make you like, wow, uh, what, what planet do these people live on? So being grateful then is an attitude. Being grateful then is a perspective. Being grateful is being appreciative of people and of God and doing good for, being, doing good for goodness sake. <laughs> it almost sounds like a song. <laughs> you better be good for goodness sake. I'll preach on that someday. I did it a few years ago. Remember that? Anybody remember that sermon? Good, I'll preach it again. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up again. It isn't a, never mind. It's just a Christmas song that I kind of stopped and, and talked about for a few moments. So, so in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Everything you do or say should be done to obey the Lord Jesus. Now, thinking about obedience, that when God wants us to obey, it's, it's, it's for our own benefit. See, like the Ten Commandments are to protect us and provide for us. So God outlined of all the things we could do and all the things that would be best for us in our life, God says to us, he outlines ten things. Don't do this. 
because not only is it going to be breaking a commandment of hurting yourself and, and your relationship with God, it's going to destroy you and who you are as a person. So don't do these things. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie about people. You know, they're basic commandments of where we often think of them in the negative because they say don't. But in reality, there was just 10 restrictions that God is giving to us that are basic restrictions that speak about our love for God and our love for people and our understanding of what God wants to do in our life. So whenever God tells us to obey, he's telling us to obey not that he's, he's waiting the opportunity to send us to, to hell. He's trying to get us to understand about how grateful and how necessary it is that we should live our life in obedience to his word because that's how we find out who we really are. That's where we find our giftings. Our giftings are in, in our doing the will of God, and in doing the will of God, we find that they, our abilities naturally come from those things. So everything you do should be done or obey the Lord Jesus as his representative. So I am a representative of Jesus Christ, his ambassador. To live our life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the amplified version, expanded version. So to live our life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you ever notice that um, at the end of our prayers, we always say in Jesus' name. What we are doing is invoking, as it were, everything that Jesus is, his character, his divinity, his promises and all that he wants to do in our life and that he came to do, we're invoking that authority into and onto our prayer. Well, here, this is saying for us to live our life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that we are wanting everything that Jesus is, everything that he uh, represents, his divinity, his character, his power, his promise, we're invoking that into our life. We're putting it inside. So we're living our life in the name of the Lord. And in all you do, in, in, in some of what you do, in 10% of what you do, <laughs> what's the word? It's A-L-L. -L. All? Can we say that? All? All. All. <laughs> Can you hit that note? I can't. So, <laughs> all, in all you do, in all, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In all you do, give thanks. Basically what we're doing here. In all you do, give thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. In all you do, give thanks. In all, so if you can't give thanks to God for what you do, then you better be looking at what you're doing. <laughs> so we are giving thanks to God for all that we do. So we are invoking the Lord Jesus Christ into everything that we do, and in, 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 and in that we are giving him thanks for all that we do. Then it kind of ties into this idea is, in everything give thanks? Mm-hmm. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we're asking God to be in all that we do and bless all that we do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we are looking at the power and the presence of God in our life. Okay? 
looking at the power and the presence of God in our life, that I can do all things. Then it goes on to say, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. So you see, the the character here is that we are seeing that we are invoking and we are praying that Jesus Christ be part of everything that we do, that we are his representatives to live our life in the name of the Lord. In everything, give thanks. In all that we do, we give thanks to God. So being and driving down the road and everything's going well, we give thanks to God. Being and growing down the road and everything falls apart, we give thanks to God. Because of his sovereignty. You see, it is hard to imagine, (laughs) it's hard to imagine, my part, that we represent God to the world. I mean... Sometimes we think our world is so small. But you know, we represent God to our families and our friends and our neighbors, and it's our world. In Psalm 51, I was looking, I was, I don't know, putting this together a few days ago or last week sometime, and um, I was thinking of it, and this, this is David, after he, um, Nathan the prophet, uh, comes to David and uh, you know, David has sinned with Bathsheba and he's killed Uriah the Hittite and, you know, so that he can marry Bathsheba and, you know, his big altercation and then Nathan comes to him and says, you know, I, don't, I didn't read the story exactly so I forget some of the details, but Nathan says, there's this guy, this shepherd, and he has all these sheep and then there's this other guy who has one sheep and the guy who has all these sheep comes over and takes the guy who has one sheep and kills his lamb or something like that. And which, what should happen to that man? And David says, well, that man should be punished. And Nathan says, you're the guy. <laughs> and that's whenever we have this situation in, 50, in Psalm 51. So David has come to grips for, with the idea that he, not only has he sinned, but he's been hiding from his sin. And in hiding from his sin, he, he somehow that, th- thinks that God doesn't know about it. You know? But one of the things that we need to remember as we read this psalm is that um, all the rest of the faults, in talking about David, this was the commentary on this verse, it says that David represent, David's repentance for his sin in the matter of Uriah which was the greatest blemish upon his character. All the rest of his faults were nothing to this. It is said of David that he turned not aside from the commandments of the Lord all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So this is David's greatest sin. This is David's greatest turning away from God. See, one of the things is that Whenever we, whenever we sin, now going back to what we were just saying, asking God to be part of everything we do, you see, obeying God's commands and living our life as a representative of God, we have this, this life that we're supposed to live. Now, what happens is David, who's called by God, he's even said that David was so special that he was a, that what made David so special was he was a man who chased after God's heart. He wanted to please God above everything else. 
he wanted to make, he wanted to please God. And in that desire, he, he knew that, you know, he's not going to make God happy by doing, but it was just the desire of his heart. And he wanted to do right things. And he lived his life that way, except this one matter with Bathsheba and, and Uriah, his, one of his commanders. Well, when Nathan confronts David, this is David's psalm of repentance. He cries out, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now, what is David doing? He's reminding himself of the loving kindness of God. If ever we, you know, that's not, I don't, I don't know, when I, uh, confessions, when you have a confession before God, do we remind ourselves of the goodness of God? Or do we remind ourselves of the, the terrible condition of our sin? See, we look at, oh my God, you know what I did. And we're, we're, you know, we beat ourselves up, make whips, and do all this stuff of all the things that we've done wrong, rather than reminding ourselves of the loving goodness and kindness and mercy of God. We've got to remind ourselves of who God is. See, whenever we pray, okay, I'm going to live my life as a representative of Jesus Christ. The Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to live my life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. And I'm going to live my life that way. So, when I pray, do I tell God how, well, you know, I need this because of this and, you know, this problem and, see, no. God, there's nothing impossible with you. You said if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, we can say to this mountain, be moved. That if we have faith to believe, nothing is impossible. We remind ourselves of the promise that is given to us. When we are confessing our sin, we need to remind ourselves of the loving kindness, of the, mul the multitude of tender mercies of God, that he will blot out my transgressions. Did you ever get a stain on a rug? It's like, <laughs> Glenda, watch. <laughs> what are we going to do first? We're going to go get the paper towels. <laughs> and what we're going to blot out the, the spill. And we're going to put stuff on it, you know, and blot. So what we're going to do, we want to get that, that spot out of the rug. Well, God is going to blot out the sin in our life and the transgressions and we are to recognize that our sin is not hidden from God. See? Nothing is hidden from God. And the problems we have are not hidden from God. See, if we will believe enough that our sins are not hidden from God, then we know that our good deeds are not hidden from God. That God will reward us according to his promise. Placing money in the offering. See, I don't take offerings, I receive them. <laughs> because we are receiving, giving to God our gifts. And his promises say that if we are faithful, that he will multiply 
our gifts back to, him, back to us, you know, pushed down, shaken together, and running over. So whenever we give, it's not like, oh, well, can I afford this? No, it's God's promises to come first because I am his representative. So it's not wrong to believe that God will take the gifts that you have given and multiply them. He will take what we have and multiply it. Sowing seed. You know, we were driving down the road, you know, uh, going out to Chambersburg, Chambersburg, Mechanicsburg, and uh, to me, it's like, I like to see these machines in the field harvesting corn and soybeans and all that kind of stuff, and all the fields are empty. In one way, it's like, that's good, these, these farmers got it all in, Another field is like, okay, another feeling is it's, it's all over. Harvest is done. We're heading into winter. Well, our life is one in which there is a perpetual harvest. There's a perpetual harvest going on in our life. And David here says that, God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your mercy, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. Wash me thoroughly, cleanse me, blot out. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. How many times do we know that God has forgiven us of our sin, and then something comes up to remind us? David is saying, I got that problem. (laughs) I'm always remembering the things that I did wrong. Well, David was king of Israel. He was a man noted for being after and doing the things of God, and he sins with his woman, and then he has her husband killed in battle. And everybody knows it. There was a telegraph system going on. (laughs) It was word of mouth, you know. Did you hear? (laughs) Then verse 4. Verse 4 is kind of always a a complicated verse because it says, against thee, this is David speaking now, against you or against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Now when we think of, you know, my thoughts. Okay, David, you sinned against Israel. You broke what God put, you know, the, the place of leadership that God trusted you with, you, you intentionally had one of your best leaders in your military, in your army, put to death by putting him in a battle that there was no way he could live through it. And then you took his wife. So you, you sinned against the nation of Israel. You sinned against the people of Israel. You sinned, you sinned against... Um, uh, what's his, what's his Uriah, Uriah, you've sinned against Uriah, you've you know, purposely had him killed, and you say you only sinned against God. Well, did you know that all sin is a direct attack to God's goodness? All sin is a direct attack to God's goodness. And for God's purpose. Remember, we go back to that we live our life before God. 
Now, it's not, and not saying that, wow, you know, you sin and you're lost. No, David here knows that you can be forgiven, and he's letting us know that we can be forgiven. But whenever we do something wrong, willfully, intentionally, steal, cheat, lie, you know, degrade, run people, you know, all those types of things that he tells us not to do, we're hurting God. It's like a wound. Now, the, the Bible says that when somebody hurts us, it hurts him. Like, somebody can't do something bad and hurt your, your character or say something bad against you or physically, emotionally, spiritually try and hurt you. God feels that. God feels that pain and sorrow. Well, so he also feels the pain of our, you know, doing wrong things. We grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Spirit of God whenever we don't do what we know is right. Now, what we're trying to point out is we don't have to do that. <laughs> that, that God isn't trying to get us to, to be perfect and he's not trying to get us, you never sin again or the, this is going to be the last straw. You know, you ever, you ever told your kids that? If you do that again... <laughs> No, you never did that. Okay, so <laughs> I brought you into this world and I can take you out. That's not biblical, so don't go there. So, <laughs> um, but anyhow, then he goes on. Verse 6, you want me to be completely truthful. So teach me your wisdom. Okay, so David, he repents of his sin, and then he says, God, I want you to be truthful. I want, I want to be truthful. I want you to teach me your wisdom. Take away my sin. Take it away. Remove it, and I will be clean. I never have to remember it again. Remember? It's always before me. Now he's saying, take it away from me. Uh, verse 8. I'm sorry, Terry, I told you it only went to four or five, but I added on to it. That's <laughs> just what I do. But anyhow, <laughs> in my sermons, I just kind of add on stuff. Uh, make me to hear the sounds of joy and gladness. Let the bones you crushed be happy again and rejoice. Nine, turn your face from my sins. Wipe, blot out all my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And make a right spirit again inside of me. <laughs> Do not send me away from you or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. Verse 14. God, save me from the guilt of murder. God of my salvation, rescue and I will sing about your goodness. You see what's going on? There's a transformation. He's not remembering his guilt and his sin. He is being thankful for the transformation. In our lives, that's why we, whenever we're to be grateful and thankful, what we're doing is we're, we're expressing gratitude for the transformation that God has made in us. Give me a willing spirit. Give me a willing spirit that is willing to say thank you. God, thank you for this wonderful day. 
And when things are not wonderful, God, I thank you for your omnipotence. You're in control. You're omniscient. You know all of this. Nothing is, within, nothing is a surprise to you. Like when God says to us, David, don't worry. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I can take care of this. Don't, don't get upset. Verse 17. The sacrifice God wants is a broken spirit. Remember, make me a willing spirit. And my broken spirit is that it's pride. Pride that says, well, I've done wrong, so I've got to do enough right things to make God happy, and then I'll be okay. That's pride. A broken spirit is, God, I've, you know, I'm not perfect. I've failed. But give me a willing spirit. And you see, a willing spirit is one that says, I've done wrong, but also says, thank you. Thank you to God for the blessings that have come our way. Thank you to God for everything that is going on in our life with our family and our friends and our work and our community with our nation. By faith, we are declaring God is in charge. God is saying to us, I love you. I got a plan. I got a future for you. And if you're going to see it, you've got to appreciate the present. I've got to appreciate where I'm at so I can see the good that's coming. Because if I'm only focused on the negative, the good will just pass on by. So whenever we are, we are grieved for our sin, we are preparing ourselves for the blessing. If we try to hide our sin, there's no room for the blessing of God. This was in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. This is, uh, Israel has been, um, has been going through a lot of wrong, the oppressions and stuff going on. And Isaiah the prophet says to them, instead of being ashamed, now how did Israel get to this place? Israel had backed off of their relationship with God. They had taken on idols and they had forsaken God and they weren't doing what they were supposed to do and God had sent punishment on them for their sins and now they are repentant and they're willing to repent and come back to God. And Isaiah says, instead of being ashamed, you will receive twice as much wealth, a double portion. Instead of being disgraced, you see, now who are these people? They're God's people. They are a nation that God has intentionally set aside for himself to display his goodness and mercy to the world. I am a representative of God. You are a representative of God. You are the individual that God has chosen to be his representative to the world. And yes, we have David. Yes, we have sinned. But God, give me a willing spirit that I can receive again your blessing. And, and Isaiah, God is saying through Isaiah, I'm not only going to bless you, I'm going to give you a double portion. And he's telling that to the nation of Israel. Instead of being disgraced, dishonored, and humiliated, they will be happy because of what they receive. Rejoice over your portion they will receive a double share of the land. Even, even though Israel <laughs> brought this upon themselves, God says, you're my child. and not, I'm going to take care of you. 
I'm going to bless you with a double portion, not because you deserve it, not because you're perfect, but because you're my child. You see where we're going? We see that, be grateful, recognize that we are a representative of God, we have faults. We have failures. It's not, an, it's not an excuse to go on sinning and go on doing wrong, but it's a place of humbling ourselves before God and giving and asking God for a willing spirit. And then God says, I'll give you a double portion. You see, everyone goes through dark times. Challenges, are we in one now? You know, there are times that uh, I go through some very dark places. <laughs> you know, I get uh, very, I don't say depressed, but I get, I can get really depressed. <laughs> and I go through those dark times. And they're difficult times. And they're not times that somebody can come up and slap you on the back and say, hey, Dave, everything's good. Nothing looks good. But you know, it is, the, it is God who restores us. It is God who takes us in those dark times to recognize that we are weak in many, where, in many areas and that God in our weakness can give us his blessing. God in, his, in our weaknesses can give us a double portion and that we do not lack any good thing. So it isn't a matter of what we don't have or what we do have. It's a matter of what are we thankful for? What am I grateful for? <laughs> At dinner, we went to Thanksgiving dinner. We went to one of the Hershey Lodge or whatever. And there was our waitress. And she had a, her name was... I think it was M-O-O-E, something like that. It was M-something, M O-O, some. And I said, well, where are you from? And she says, Cambodia. And my heart was like, oh, my gosh. They came, her family came in 1980, you know, after Vietnam and Cambodia. And I thought, wow. She says, oh, I'm so grateful to be here. I am so blessed by God to have this job of waiting on tables. <laughs> and you know, and I was like, wow. She's, I'm so blessed to have this job. You know where she came from, probably, you know, I wasn't there, she didn't tell me all that, but she was sponsored, her family, parents, grandparents were sponsored by a family, a church, to come from Cambodia to Hershey. And, you know, the Vietnam War, Cambodia was, and Vietnam were totally, you know, they were just destroyed. And, you know, and you thought, and there she is, she says, I'm so thankful, I'm so blessed by God to have this job. <laughs> and and she, was, she was just like, God has been so good to our family. And she could see that where she, she knew where she came from. She knew the devastation and the poverty that they had come from. And in our life, we know where we've come from. We were sinners. 
We've all sinned and fallen short, but it is God's gracious hand of favor that is upon our life that we are broken in our spirit that says before God, I cannot erase my sin. I can only ask you to forgive me because it's only against you, God, that I have, for, I have sinned. But it's only you, God, who can raise me up and bless my life with a double portion that I am blessed with a double portion of God's divine favor. And that divine favor can never be taken away from us because you are his child. So what are we going to be thankful for? We're going to have an attitude of thanksgiving. We're going to have a culture of being grateful. We're going to express our gratitude to God in his gracious hand of favor upon our life, and everything that comes, whether we think of it as good or evil, it's at the hand of God. He is going to empower us to be a blessing to our friends and family, our neighborhood, our community. He's going to use you in a very special way that will touch the lives of our world. Because it's a great big God who touches your life and calls you son or daughter. You're my child, and I love you. Shall we stand? The one thought is that God is, well, we'll just go on. God, you have many, you have one special thought to us, that we are loved and we are forgiven, we are restored, we are blessed. And Lord, we want a willing spirit to be able to receive of all that you want to do. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your many mercies and Lord, your your gracious hand of favor that rests upon us, not because we're so special, but because we're your child. And you love us that much, you will pour out your blessing upon us in Jesus' name, right? Because I live my life in the name of Jesus Christ and everything that he is, every promise that he has, is with me. I'm his child. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, in one word, two words. No, three, no. (laughs) Be grateful. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) God bless you.